So something I've noticed recently about comedians and visual artists like myself, there's this commonality of like wanting attention, like needing, yeah. needing that validation. Mm-hmm. Like it's, oh, and it's not just comedians and artists as well. It's, it's <laughs> tech guys like us. <laughs> Welcome to the WWSD Podcast, weekly we share discussions with interesting and creative people. We are sponsored by Collector's Maze. You can check them out at collectorsmaze.com for all things related to fandom. I'm your host, Josh, and as always, enjoy my buddy, Seamus. How's it going, Seamus? Going great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Who do we have on tonight? Oh, we actually have a pretty interesting person. Uh, We are joined by a very special guest, Lindsay Little. Lindsay is a graphic designer and concept artist. She has her own comic on webtoons called Oni Girl. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. How are you doing tonight, Lindsay? Thank you. I'm already having so much fun. Awesome. We're glad. Yeah, it's better than the alternative of not having fun. But uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Okay. So, um, yeah, my day job is for a mural company in Houston, Texas called Eiffel Art Murals and Designs. My boss would love if I plugged that. So save the plugs to the end. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not even the plug I want to talk about. The mural company I work for, we design and create and paint uh, murals in Houston, but also internationally. And we've, we've done murals for some pretty big names. The very first mural that I uh, worked on upon getting hired was for Cirque du Soleil, uh, which was really cool. And in fact, it's what got me the job in the first place. Uh, he interviewed like 75 people. And then it came down to two people, uh, myself and one other person. And we had to do an art test. Basically, we had to design the mural for what eventually would become the mural for Cirque du Soleil. And I got hired based off of that. When you're doing murals like that, so are, are, is, is, it, is it one artist doing the whole mural? So uh, design-wise, my boss and I uh, do all of the design work. Uh, we go back and forth on the designs. It really varies like how much design uh, input comes from each person, but we both uh, collaborate on each one. And then he or he and uh, two of our painters will go out and uh, actually paint the murals. Okay. So you're kind of like building like a a stencil and they're kind of just filling in the stencil? Kind of. It really depends on uh, how I prepare the murals because that's also part of my uh, job description is making sure that everything is prepared for the painting uh, part of it. Um, So Sometimes it might be through a digital projector and I have to set up the files, that sort of thing. So normally you would just kind of like design what the mural would look like a digital sense. And then they kind of take that and then they put it like on a wall or like a large piece of canvas. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Do you have to procure all the paints for the particular colors and everything as well? And- yeah, that too. So usually that's, it saves us time if, for instance, we're painting schools because we paint everything. If a school has already painted murals before, then they might already know what paint colors that they need. Otherwise, uh, our team of painters will color pick. They'll pick out the colors that we need. Okay. And how long does it take to like paint like a typical mural? Like, is it like what would be like the actual time frame? It really depends. Uh, For like a simpler one, for like a ten or twelve length wall it might take a day or two but it also depends on complexity if it's like a simple graphic that could take just like several hours versus like a very detailed mural which might take a week so that's also part of the uh, scope too it really depends gotcha and did you go to college for art like what was uh, your school background so actually i went to uh, savannah college of art and design i went for two years I only took one class that was related to my desired field, which was illustration. And then I stopped going because it was super expensive. And from there, I really self-taught myself everything that I know from digital illustration, which I literally had not done before. I was strictly a traditional artist. Uh, Graphic design, I taught myself. And of course, now I do a comic book as well. Uh, I taught myself how to do that. And I make t-shirts and I uh, taught myself how to do that. 
except I don't screen print. <laughs> Get somebody <laughs> else to do that for me. That's too many things. When you were teaching yourself, were, were you like, were you using like YouTube videos and things like that? I would get uh, help from friends who who have that sort of background. And a lot of it was just sort of learning as I go, like messing around with the programs and figuring out what each of these tools do, that sort of thing. And YouTube videos as well. Oh, cool. And what, what drove you to like do graphic art, like in particular? Um, sort of the necessity of it. Okay. Yeah, because that's of all of the creative fields and uh, out of all of the visual arts, there's like a much bigger need for graphic design. So I sort of, yeah, it's more commercial. Like every business. Yeah. Is yeah. Artist, yeah. Yeah. I started doing that out of necessity. You mentioned about your, uh, your comic. So you have a comic called Oni girl, right? Yes. How did that come to be? So five or six years ago, I was sort of in a, dark place in my life. My self-esteem was particularly low and I felt particularly anxious. I just, I did not feel good about myself. And I started drawing a character, a girl with horns. And I would always uh, sort of draw her looking somber or just, I think the horns were like a physical representation of how I felt except the horns were something that this character couldn't hide. And I created a whole character and a whole story and a world based around that. Like it literally just evolved from something as simple as that. When you say, when you say it evolved, were you, were you writing as a part of this or was it, was it something that was kind of building in your head as you drew? Yeah, it absolutely did start with just a character and started developing her more as her own person versus a reflection of myself. And then from there, a story started building. I can't remember why I created the background and the story that she's in, but it probably was inspired by (laughs) Harry Potter or something. I don't know. (laughs) Because my story does takes place in a world where humans and monsters exist, except uh, the monsters have to sort of hide themselves away in order to survive. So the school that my main character takes uh, goes to school at is all about teaching monster children how to uh, assimilate the appearance and behavior of humans in order to live amongst humans and keep surviving that way. And when you first started, were you just hand drawing these things? And then did you eventually move to like webtoons? Yeah, actually, uh, they all started out physically drawn, physically sketched, physically inked. And I, I used real screen tones for them, too. I was prepared for this. So, <laughs> so I actually keep a folder that has all of my original pages. Oh, that's in awesome. It. Yeah, those are gorgeous. Those are real uh, screen tones. But I quickly learned that screen tones are expensive as fuck, and it's also tedious. <laughs> <laughs> so really, the first three pages are all traditional, and then all of the pages after that are traditional except for the screen tones, which I started digitally applying. And then very recently, as in yesterday, I decided to make it all digital. Hmm. So... Starting from yesterday and onward, my comic is going to be all digital just for the sake of convenience. Gotcha. And like, how far out is your comic? Like before your readers start seeing the old digital comics? Uh, three chapters. What's a chapter? Is that like a weekly thing? It's about 20 pages. So that's about okay. 60 pages worth of traditional pages. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like, I, I know um, a lot of the art I follow, a lot of the artists, they, they started as traditional artists. Like they would do oil paintings. And then they moved to digital and then they all mm. went back to like traditional painting because they can resell, like they have more of a resale value with those traditional. So I'm kind of curious from, from a year standpoint, you obviously keep all your work. Were you ever considering selling like your originals? Is that a factor in that? If people were ever interested in buying them, then they absolutely could. But just for the sake of convenience, I've decided to go all digital because my time that I can create a comic book page is so limited that I really mm-hmm. need to save on time as much as I can. 
you were uh, you, you were talking about how this uh, like Oni Girl kind of emerged from from when you were in a dark place. What what are what are some of the themes that you that you explore? That's a really good question. With my main character and with most of the monster characters in my comic, they all have uh, some sort of physical feature that would out them as a monster. But really, I sort of use that as an allegory for how any of us who might deal with anxiety or uh, self-esteem issues or trauma of some kind, I use these like physical monster attributes to represent those things. How has the focus evolved and changed over the last six years since you started? So when I first started, I was primarily just thinking about my one main character and like her trauma and her lack of self-esteem because it was a reflection of myself. And that's what I know best. Like they say, draw or write what you know best. And uh, so that's what I went with. But as I started developing more characters and started like fleshing them out into uh, something that was more than one dimensional, they started developing their own flaws or problematic childhoods or like I I really want to dive deeper into each of these other characters as well and explore this idea of not just like in a very real sense but in a fictional sense as well like what are the ramifications of living in a human dominated world when you're a monster and and what does it mean to hide your physical appearance hide something that's so intrinsic to your nature just in order to survive, like what does that do to you mentally? So those are things I want to explore as well, not just with my main character, but with all of my characters. Do you find those same kind of like the same base emotions that come from that, like inspire your other art as well? I sort of feel like my illustration work and my comic work are so separate from each other. With my illustration work, it's just something aesthetically interesting to me. And there may be some sort of feeling involved that I'm trying to express, but nothing that gets so like deep as the feelings I want to hit in my comic, if that makes any sense. Makes makes perfect sense. With your comic, have you found anything anything limiting about that medium, like for what you're trying to accomplish? That's a really good question. <laughs> so the comics are so much work. <laughs> They, it, they are so much work and illustration is work, obviously, but it doesn't take nearly as much time as a single comic page. And then like, even after I've completed it, it's never going to be as finished as I want it to be. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a single person doing this. Like there are teams of people creating published works and I'm just a single person yeah. writing it and drawing it. That was the thing that surprised me at all. Like you're not collaborating with anyone on the, the either the writing, the dialogue, the art, the shading, the inking, or even like the lettering and stuff like that. So you're you're doing it all, which is it's very impressive. I mean, I've talked to a lot of comic people, and like it's well, oh, thank you. And yeah, it's it's really awesome that you're able to, to do all that. And, I appreciate that. It sucks, <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be done. Have you thought about collaborating with anyone? About a year ago, I hired somebody to do some freelance uh, coloring work for me. So I do have all of my chapter one colored uh, by this person. And I have slowly started updating my webtoon with those pages. Just recently started having them coloring uh, the rest of my pages as well. Okay. So so how um, how's the reception been so far for uh, Oni Girl? Uh, just for the comic in general? Mm-hmm. So I started posting on webtoon like February or March. And two weeks ago, I was getting close to that 200 reader mark. And I was doing that thing that we were talking about earlier with refreshing, 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 (laughs) trying to, trying to catch that moment. Yeah. We call it being neurotic. (laughs) (laughs) I need that validation. Yeah. Yeah. Just give it to me like right, right there. I know. That dopamine. (laughs) But I had tweeted out that I was looking for some more readers and some of my fellow comic artist friends were retweeting and trying to help me find more readers so I could hit that 200 mark. I hit it that night. And then I saw that the readership was trickling upwards still. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> this, is a, this is a little more than I was expecting. And then it kept going. And then a friend reached out and she was like, Lindsay, 
did you know that you're on the main page of webtoon right now i was like what <laughs> this, is that why i had no idea that that's why the readers were going up and i was just freaking out and i was so excited uh and i'm still excited but like every day that week i was seeing a huge increase in readers so i ended up going from about 200 readers to nearly 2000 at this point oh, wow. yeah nice. That's a hell of a jump. That was a that was a huge <laughs> boost for me. And what was the the purpose of the two hundred? Is that like a milestone for webtoons to get two hundred readers? That was just a personal. Oh, okay, I didn't know if it was for affiliation or something like that with like similar to Twitch. So for uh, for webtoon, you do have to meet like a minimum readership mm-hmm. and a minimum like page view per month in order to start gaining ad revenue. Okay. So I think for webtoon, it's uh, 1,000 is the minimum uh, requirement aside from page views in order to start earning ad revenue. And so when you got to that 2,000 mark, like what was your next step? Like how did you continue that momentum? Were you just producing more stuff? It's been the same. It's a okay. hustle. <laughs> it's a constant hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any good feedback from like your new listeners? Have you been able to like interact with them at all? It has been so great to be able to get more feedback as I produce pages. It used to be that I would get ecstatic if I got one comment on a page. And now I see like 10 or 15 comments per page, something like that. And just to see people engrossed in the story or to relate to a character or just to find a stupid joke that I wrote funny, like it's, it it gives me such a rush, like, and I keep chasing that. Has any, anyone's perspective or comments, like, uh, have they shown you a different a different thing about your work that you hadn't noticed before? I love your questions. They're great. I, I guess the thing that jumps to my mind is not always knowing how somebody will react to a page. If I want somebody to feel sad when they read this page, if I want somebody to feel like angry, like righteous indignation, something like that, then... I'm always curious to know if I've hit that or not. There's like a, there's a particular scene in chapter three. I, uh, I introduced this sort of bully character into chapter three. So I'm always curious. I was curious to see like how people would react to this character. And I was like, for some, I don't know why, but I was surprised that people were as angry as they were at this character. Because I wanted them to be, but I didn't expect people to be so passionate about it. <laughs> it's sort of weird having the power to manipulate people's emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you did get on the top of the webtoons, was it just the traffic to your comic was drawing it up there? Or was anything else happened to kind of push you to the front of the page? I think a webtoon editor has to select you and put you there. They had promoted me before but it was purely on social media it was on instagram and on twitter not on uh the the main page so i'm assuming i i really have no idea but i'm assuming that whoever it was that had initially promoted me on social media maybe had something to do with promoting me on the main page as well and were you doing anything different with your comic? Did it go in a different direction at that time, or it's just business as usual? If there was something I did differently, I wish I knew what it was because I would keep <laughs> doing that thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now I gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, there's not a whole lot of information when it comes to the back end of Webtoon, like what the editors decide to promote and all of that stuff. And how has your experience with Webtoons been? And all we, We've had one other comic artist from Webtoons, so I'm kind of curious what your perspective would be on it. Tell me what they expressed. How did they, what did they say? So he was the uh, writer for the web series Pound. They were on the premium side, the paid side of Webtoons. Ooh. So their experience is a little bit different than yours because they would actually have like a designated editor from Webtoons that was kind of like, kind of like driving the, the comics. Of- They're so lucky. I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> yeah. But I am lucky too. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious what yours would have been like not having like that back end of webtoons like so you can kind of just do whatever you want more or less right you're not being told I guess there's it's a double-edged sword either way you look at it because if you are your own editor then you have all of the creative freedom you could possibly want on the other hand if you have an editor then that sort of like takes off some pressure from you probably with that said, I do 
have my boyfriend edit my stories for me because okay. he's also the uh, dungeon master of our uh, D&D group. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always loved his writing style and is always, I've always seen that talent in him. So I, I trust him above anybody else to edit my comic. Yeah, because like our the guy we interviewed all, he's at like Webtoons, doesn't do a good job promoting like their actual like uh, premium stuff that well. And that was his biggest gripe with it. Whereas like really, was, even with the premium stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. And he, he was like similar with you, where he would have to like basically yell at the top of a building, "Hey, read my comic!" Like every week, and like really leverage social mm. media and like them as a platform just wasn't really helping him too much. And also, I was wondering about that specifically because. After I was promoted on the main page, I reached out to uh, Webtoon support and was like, hey, could you tell me any more information about like what could I what I can expect if I were to uh, meet the minimum requirements for the ad revenue program? Because you would think since it would be mutually beneficial that they would promote your comic so that more people would come to your comic so that they would see ads, but they don't really do that. So my experience seems to align with your other uh, Webtoon uh, creator that you talked to, that it, it really is mostly self-promotion. I think what might happen with, uh, with, with any, any thing like that, where they're um, that kind of sets it up where like, like a few, you know, a few people are going to get the most, uh, the most promotion time. And that, and that, that just, that's just kind of like they rise to the top. And- yeah. And the, the way he said it was like the newer stuff, like the newer stuff, like we get a lot of promotion mm-hmm. and then kind of like flat lines after there. So I guess like they either like continue their, their themselves at that point and keep the momentum going or they don't. Mm. It's, it's one of those, those Pareto distribution. Uh, I will, I will continue to make my comic on Webtoon, but just in case I've started self-publishing as well, just to make sure that getting some revenue from it, even if it's not from Webtoon. Yeah, I saw, I saw on your Instagram, you actually had printed uh, comic books and all. I'm sold out of them already. Are you, are you doing like a Kickstarter for the the books or just selling them? I just, um, I printed a run of 50 copies and uh, put them on Etsy and uh, there's also an artist market that I regularly participate in and I sold copies there. And then I spoke to the store that allows us to host our art market. It's a Kinokiniya books, uh, bookstore. It's like a specialty Japanese and manga bookstore and they're going to start stocking my book. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Now Webtoons didn't have any issue with you reproducing and, and selling the comics. On no, it's, it's literally okay. mine to do whatever I want with, unless they want to sign a deal with me. And then that's cool too, but <laughs> yeah. got to have that conversation <laughs> first. And that, that was the thing with our, our buddy, uh, Tony. Yeah. Tony and all, I think he said it was an 18 months. Uh, the Webtoons has all rights to it for 18 months. And after that, he can do printing copies if he wanted. So I was curious from the, uh, the non-premium side. Why why not Kickstarter though? Why why would you not try to do like a Kickstarter campaign? I'm a little af- I'm afraid to do Kickstarter a little bit. My only experience with Kickstarter was actually uh, with an anthology called Girls Who Love Monsters. And before Oni Girl was even uh, launched online, I sort of did like a little test run of Oni Girl by doing like a mini comic in that anthology and we nearly got funded but didn't so we did end up self-publishing but it was like a much smaller audience than uh, kickstarter would have given us if it was uh, fully funded so while that was completely worthwhile to do i'm sort of i'm afraid of that happening again Okay. But you have a much bigger fan base now, I would imagine, right? Where you- mm. Yeah, I've thought about it a little bit. <sighs> uh, I'll have to think about it some more. Because we have, we have uh, other people we've interviewed that are comic writers, and that's how they pretty much pr- produce all their books is via Kickstarter. Like They'll just Kickstarter their, their next issue like every couple months and just keep it going that way. So mm, That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll think about it. You've got me thinking about it. We'll, we'll talk about it a bit more. I'll give you some. I'll give you some rundown. Get some numbers of people. <laughs> yeah. So besides uh, your your main comic, are you looking to do other comics? That you're branching off to some side characters? Are you looking to do like a different series or a? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm always looking for like anthologies or comic covers 
or even coloring work. I'm always interested in like broadening uh, my comic background because I have done some work for published comics, but I just, I want to do more of that. Anything to do with comics, like I want more of. You focus more on the, the manga style of comics or do you do like uh, regular comics as well? I'll do both. For the comics I've worked on in the past, it's been more on the coloring side. For comics that have, one of them did have more of a manga feel to it, but the other one had a very Western look to it. But that doesn't really matter when you're coloring because you just have to know like what uh, style is uh, needed for that specific comic. Were you, um, did you read a lot of comics growing up? Yeah, I did. And it's so weird that as a kid growing up, I knew I wanted to be an artist, but comic artist was not the obvious choice for me. I didn't decide to be a comic artist until about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. What made you go into comic art in particular? Um, I think it's because I've always enjoyed drawing, but I never really had a story to tell until I came up with this character and this uh this whole concept for Oni Girl. That's when I realized this is more than just drawings of a girl with horns. Like this is a much deeper story that I want to tell. So a comic is the only way really. And, and from the actual story perspective, like are you storyboarding these stories out or are you kind of just making them up every week or what's your structure look like? Um, so I do have enough story that I'm sort of envisioning like several, what you would call like volumes of comics. So even though I have that in mind, like I have a very loose idea of where the story is going and how it's going to end. I don't worry about that until I get to it. In the meantime, I do type out the whole plot page by page per chapter. And once I finish that chapter, then I'll go on to the next. But I sort of take it one chapter at a time because so much changes from what I initially sort of consider that there's no use planning out what's going to happen later on because that may be subject to change. So I have an idea of how my whole story is going to end, but really it might change. I don't know. And then from like, since you do also the illustrations for it, like how, how much of a story do you write out? And then like you go back and like do the il- illustrations or? Once I have like the whole chapter written out, I'll have a vague idea of how I want the panels to look. And then I'll do like a page per week and I'll just go at it that way. Okay. And when you're drawing it and illustrating it, do you change your story at all? Do you morph it or is it still pretty, pretty structured? There's been times the story, the the structure stays pretty uh, close to how I originally type it. But if I have a really stupid joke that I want to squeeze in at the last minute, I might do that. There's some stupid puns I've uh, added at the last minute just because I saw the opportunity. You, got, you have any? Uh, you have any at the top, top of your head right now? Yeah. So there's a scene where um, a couple of my characters are in a home ec class, and one of them is like crushing uh, pecans with like a, a rolling pin, and the other character is like, "Oh wow, you're doing a you're doing a good job." And uh, oh man, oh sorry, I just realized I should have had that character say, "Oh, you're crushing it." Ugh. I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. Oh, now I'm mad at myself. But the, <laughs> but the character. Sorry, second edition. <laughs> yes. I'll just have to go back and add a third pun to that page. But I think I have the character say something like, uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles or something like that. It was really stupid, but... <laughs> I guess there's like a niche market for people who enjoy stupid puns. Yeah, my, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, man, she's got like the worst like humor sometimes. It's so bad. So what, what, do, you, what do you actually like more of that? Uh, the writing or the actual illustration of comics? Oh, I'll say that. Oh, that's hard. The drawing comes easier or maybe it's because I'm more accustomed to it. But in a way, I sort of prefer the writing aspect of it more just because I feel like I only tapped into that recently, that creative side of me. So when people appreciate that, it's not that I appreciate that feedback more when it comes to the writing, but 
it sort of validates what I'm doing more since it's such an integral part of the story because you can have the most crude looking uh, comic like it mm-hmm. it could be like stick figures it doesn't matter if the story is great that's what people are in for and you see that too with animation like there's some really horrible stylistic animations out there but like the story ropes you in or the characters are so uh, interesting that it keeps you in. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like there's times where I feel like the story definitely drives the, the art, but there's also times where the art drives, like is just more important than the story. Like where I don't even care what the story is. It's just like Alex, Alex Ross's art is just so amazing where it can literally just not even be words on the page. Like the art is just so impressive. Mm, I guess that can be true if the art is sort of the focus anyway. But personally, I'm more interested in story. So if I'm if I'm reading a comic and it has terrible artwork but a great story, that's more interesting to me than okay. a really beautifully drawn art piece that has a terrible story, if that makes any sense. Because then it just feels like mm, superficial or like it has no heart. Because that, that's what I'm really looking for most of all. And I find that interesting because like you're, you're primarily an artist and yeah, focusing less on the art. That's why there's so much pressure on me <laughs> <laughs> because I have to be better at writing than I do art, really. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you done any other type of writing, like either like script writing or like, like story writing or uh, writing books or anything like that? Not really. Like growing up as a kid, I always wanted to do stuff like that, but it's not something that I ever really practiced in a real way this is my first really big writing project I guess you kind of you kind of mentioned this already but if if everything if everything went went your way like would you like you you would you would like to just focus on comics absolutely so I work a full-time job uh, which I'm very grateful to have and it is creatively fulfilling in some ways that's like eight hours of my day that I spend doing that. And then when I get home, that's when I work on my comic and I will spend like immediately once I get home the until night, when it's time to go to bed, I dedicate that time to making my comic and I don't get tired of doing that. I don't get burnt out. I'm sure while you're working, all you're thinking about is your comics as well. Yeah. (laughs) Just any opportunity I have to work on my comic, I'm enjoying it. Like I don't get tired of it. And if I could just do that all the time, then that's like the best case scenario for me. Do you um do you see yourself at, at, at some if if this gets really popular, hiring other people to help you so you can you can focus more on the story and the big part and like and like produce more? Mm, I would I would absolutely do that. Like I ego is not part of the picture for me. Like if other people and in a way I do already have people collaborate with me. Um, Like I have my boyfriend who edits my story or who makes suggestions for the story. I've hired somebody to do some coloring for me, as I uh, mentioned before. And then every other chapter, I'll pay uh, an artist that I admire to draw a cover for me. So um, I actually hired somebody to do that for my uh, next chapter that's going to be posted tomorrow. That's something I've been really excited about is posting my friend's work. What, what part of that whole process are you absolutely essential for that, that, no, that somebody else couldn't do? The story. The story. Yeah. So, like, so, if, so, so if you had a big production, you would be the, you would be the writer and then everybody else would be taking care of everything else. It would really have to be because even though like it's a fantasy setting with fictional characters and uh, fantastical creatures, like it all boils down to the same themes of anxiety and self-esteem and basically my experiences, because that's what sort of fuels the creation of this thing. So it really, it really is like a deep part of myself that I'm exposing in a way uh, and you sort of see that in some pages more than others. What, what part of the, the actual comic do you not like or like the least? The artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just because you're like super self-critical or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even there's there's a particular page that people are always drawn to. Mm-hmm. And 
I used to like it, but now it's gotten to the point where I hate looking at it too, in spite of it being sort of like a favorite of other people's. That's that's funny. That's 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 what's interesting. Like like with a lot of artists we talk to, it's like you know they're they're producing so much that they're you know they're they're getting better in incremental ways all the time. So like you know three or four months will go by, and then they'll look back at their work. You they know, hate it's, it. It's, they've you know they've they've improved so much that it's like well, I can't believe I drew this. Yeah, that's that's sort of like the half glass full way of looking at it, isn't it? Are you like that with your yeah. writing as well? Like you'll go back and like, oh, I can't believe I wrote this, or I could have wrote this better. Yeah, for sure. Just, yeah, okay. I think I think it's good to have that have a critical eye to some respect, as long as it doesn't because uh, some sometimes that can go overboard to where you're you're like kind of paralyzed. Yeah, it's a hindrance. You can't like you can't produce, but I, I think if you can like kind of choke down that um that resistance and and just keep keep producing, but also have that critical eye, I think that that's really powerful. It always seems to come down to that, doesn't it? Like having that balance. You got to have just like just enough self-loathing and I'm just kidding. <laughs> but just enough confidence in order to keep going. Yeah. I'm sure you guys uh, have this have a similar uh, feeling about podcasting. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm absolutely paralyzed most of the time. And Really? Josh just puts stuff out all the time, so. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do much. <laughs> well, that's what editing's for. Well, that's 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 yeah. So would you, if you had the opportunity, would you want to write for like like TV or movies? Like if the opportunity presented itself, or are you just really just happy with comics? That would be cool. <laughs> I was thinking about that recently because I'm rewatching Sopranos for the fourth okay. time, and uh, I hear that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you remember worst ending like, ever? I hate the ending so much. <laughs> really, I hated it at first, but I grew to like it. Okay. Christopher, the character Christopher, when he's one of my favorites, doing, yeah. When he dabbles with a screenwriting, um, recently when I rewatched that, I sort of was like, I can I can see why he appeals to it. It's like you're creating something that's so intrinsic to movies without having to do any of the acting or the <laughs> I don't know. It seems to be like the fun part of it, the writing. What about animation? I know animation and cartoons and uh, comics go kind of hand in hand a little bit. Where you think about maybe possibly that sounds like too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't necessarily need to do all the animation yourself, but like, would you consider turning your comic into an animation or like, yes. a, a, like a webtoon series? Absolutely, okay. yes. That would be really cool. Is, is that kind of like would that be like a goal per se? Like getting your comic to that point where someone would want would want to make it as a an actual series? But such a, hmm, I don't know what the word would be, the appropriate word. I wouldn't say far-fetched, but that's such a long, maybe long-term mm-hmm. idea. I don't even consider it a goal because my goal is to really focus on my comic. But if it just so happened to interest people enough to turn it into an animation, then that's just the icing on the cake. Yeah, no, because a lot of like people like they'll get to a point where it's like, all right, I want to get my comic to a certain point so I can just sell it as like a, a TV series or an animation. Ooh, wow, that's very ambitious. I yeah. I don't have any grand. Uh, I don't have Illusions. any. But but I will say I have daydreamed about it, and yeah. I specifically would want an animation in the style of uh, Into the Spider Verse. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's that's a great movie. I, I loved that so much. Yes, it was yeah. so good. And I loved the style of it. That blend of 3D and uh, 2D and some comic book elements. Like, that yeah, was perfect. Yeah, cool. Really I think that was cool. probably the closest to actually reading a comic, like, in, in like a visual sense. and all mm. like Yeah, it just blew me away. I loved um, it so much. Yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. It's, it's yeah, such a good movie. I know, worth a revisit. Yeah. So, so what, what, um, what, what kind of comics did you read growing up? Oh, you have such good questions. <laughs> so um, the earliest comics I remember reading were from the the Sunday funnies, like the, the okay. comics you get in the newspaper. Oh, like, yeah, kind of like Garfield and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would religiously Peanuts. read those. And then there were really old paperbacks at my grandmother's house in the attic. That belonged to my father and uh, his sister, my aunt. There were like old Garfields and old Beetle Bailey and gosh, uh, Haggard the Horrible. Is that was that his name? Yeah. 
and Blondie, like all of those and, and uh, Peanuts. I would read all of those. And uh, I came from such a little town that there were no comic book stores or anything, but there was a grocery store that would have comic books, like okay. where the magazine section was. Like, like Archie Digest and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I would buy all of the Archies and the Bettys and Veronicas and some Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehogs, even though I didn't know what was going on in those. <laughs> and I even bought like a couple of Daredevil just because I thought the style was really cool and I was too young to read them, but I didn't care. I thought the artwork was beautiful. So I was just, I was reading all kinds of stuff, but mostly like, relationship stuff i guess with archie and yeah betty and veronica all of that stuff which i guess is why i have a more relationship uh type comic it's funny you said that because like majority of the comic people that we talk to are people that did grow up reading like those daredevils and like the spider-man's the batman's like really like heavy like actiony comic type stuff and like your your art and your comic actually did remind me of like an archie type comic and it didn't click with me until you just mentioned <laughs> that you, you grew up reading archie I'm like that's so interesting that, yeah that mm, it might be like something that subtly inspired me without uh me knowing yeah because like the art style the dialogue like, it, it was just it's very like in that sense of like the like the 50s 60s type comics it's awesome oh so. interesting huh that's really interesting feedback nobody's told me that before yeah because like i don't typically read those type comics like I, mm-hmm. i'm more of a uh more of the, the marvel dc type stuff mm-hmm. and it's just the moment you said it it's just like oh, i clicked <laughs> <laughs> wow that's interesting i'm act- i've been wanting to do work for archie for so long that like maybe this will manifest (laughs) i don't even believe in manifestation but maybe this will manifest and get me some work into archie you should you should believe in it it'll it'll like uh your brain will identify opportunities better that way i'm trying to i uh i actually signed a freelance contract with them five years ago and nothing ever came of it. So. Oh, really? <laughs> so I don't know how to make that happen. Like if I, if I can sign a contract and nothing comes of it, then what more can I do? What, what happened with that? What, what was the contract for? It was just a freelance contract for the uh, opportunity to maybe one day do like an alternative cover or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I haven't given up on it. I still want to do it, but I don't know how to make that happen at this point. But it, it's interesting because... I suppose you already know that DC and Webtoon have collaborated recently. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. They have collaborated and now there's like an official DC comic on Webtoon. And it's, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like Batman's family. So it's got like, it's got the Robins, like Damien and whichever characters live in Bruce Wayne's mansion. I, mm-hmm. I haven't kept up, so I don't know. But it sort of follows uh, their life in maybe a slice of life way. I'm not okay. entirely sure. Archie has recently collaborated with Webtoon as well. Okay. Yeah, because like the Webtoons is more manga driven because the it's it's like their primary market is is more of the uh, the Asian type art. So I was yeah, curious, is- like like would the DC art would that be like more Webtoony? Or would it still be traditional DC type? It looks like uh, it's like uh, like cartoony kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. it's it feels like a little bit of a blend, like not as cute or feminine or soft as what you mostly would find on webtoon, but still not as uh, hard as <laughs> like hard. As, <laughs> I, I, I you call it like, cute and feminine, <laughs> and like our, our last guy that we talked to from webtoons, like he had like this brutal fight comic and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had a uh like action comic yeah it was all action and stuff it was called pound so wow yeah that could be good though like because there's not as many of those on webtoon he might have found a niche for himself my limit i've only like seen a few comics on webtoons like i, I don't partake in it a lot i just really don't like reading comics on, on like a browser or mm. uh, the app and all a more traditional in the sense where like reading like paperbacks. And I can all. understand that. That it's a very satisfying feeling to have like a stack of comics and oh, yeah. like cuddled up in a blanket and just like devour I, them I all. I don't do the blanket, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's just me. My wife comes home. I'm just under a blanket reading comics. <laughs> 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 so i do have a couple of quick lightning round questions uh shamus do you have any other questions for Lindsay? no we can go to lightning ground okay 
What's your character class for Dungeons and Dragons? So we just finished a three long campaign and I had a warlock. Okay. If you could have a party of people from any comics combined, who would be your, your D&D group? Yeah. A, a, comics across the universe. Including your own work. So we talked about my favorite comics growing up, but my favorite superhero comics are the Teen Titans. Okay. Like the new Teen Titans, not the, mm-hmm. the Cartoon Network version, but like the original. That's who I would have. Just, just the Teen Titans? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking like 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 uh Tim like our uh Dick Grayson and like Garth and stuff like that and Yeah. Okay. And Raven and Starfire. Yeah. Cyborg. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying like Betty and Veronica or something cool like that. But no, that would yeah. be useless. <laughs> <laughs> uh so when you actually do read comics, do you prefer actually doing web comics or do you like the actual paperback comics? Um, I feel like I have more time to read through my phone so okay that's probably what i do more but if it came down to what my true favorite is i'm probably more akin to you i like i prefer that physical copy for whatever reason gotcha and who's your favorite publisher for for comics um i sort of prefer uh more indie stuff okay who published a saga do you know oh Probably either like IDW or Image. Image. Yeah. Saga was Image Comics. I tend to like uh, those kind of publishers more. Mm-hmm. And I do like Oni Press. Okay. Do you do any like the, the TV show, like the comic TV shows, like the Boys Invincible MCU stuff? Not usually. I feel terrible for saying this because I so desperately want to do work for uh, Archie, but uh, I did try to watch Riverdale and I dropped it. Yeah, I, a, the, the CW shows are hard to get through sometimes. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't happy with it, particularly with everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, you know, even, even the flash was a little, uh, it was good, but it was like, you know, it's a little. I've heard arch. Jessica Jones is good. I like Jessica Jones. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Archie or Jughead. Jughead. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> Betty or Veronica? Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, we, we usually ask one last question for our guests. Any words of wisdom for anyone aspiring to be an artist or get into a similar field with comics? Anything you wish you knew when you were just starting out? Ooh, yeah, I guess so. Just that if you want to create something, then just do it in the wise words of uh, Shia LaBeouf, just do it. (laughs) And don't be afraid to ask for feedback and don't be afraid to ask or receive uh, like more constructive feedback. Like don't try to take it personally because that's how you grow. And that's how you make your art stronger from there. Um, But from a more practical and technical standpoint, uh, I would say that life drawing and doing still lives are your best friend. <laughs> Foundations first. <laughs> I used to be I used to be an art instructor as well, so I'm I'm oh. very used to like <laughs> giving you still very do teaching. Specific... No, no, no. No, okay. Do you miss it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what kind of students did you have? So I did two different kinds of lessons. Uh, I used to work at one of those paint and sip type businesses where you uh, instruct somebody to do a painting step by step and people could drink and uh, paint something entirely different if they wanted. But I also would do private drawing lessons and I sort of enjoyed that more. That's cool. So you're like a drawing tutor. Hmm. Lindsay, it's been an absolute blast talking to you tonight. Where can our listeners find more of you and your work? Well, first of all, I hope you were serious when you were saying that because I was a little bit self-conscious and felt that maybe (laughs) you could have had a cooler guest on tonight, but you were gracious and allowed me to be on. (laughs) No, 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 this is is great. We we very much enjoyed meeting you. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. But if anybody wants to check out my comic Oni Girl, I... I'm very passionate about it. And I think that you'll feel 
how hard I work to create these pages. Uh, and I do really try to uh, make them enjoyable and make them so that people who particularly suffer from anxiety or self-esteem uh, relate to it. But overall, my comic is sort of a light read so that anybody can enjoy it. And you can read it on a webtoon if you just search Oni Girl, O-N-I-G-I-R-L. What about Instagram? Do you have an Instagram handle you can find yet? Yes. So uh, you can find me under lindsay.little. We really do appreciate you coming out. It actually was a lot of fun talking to you tonight. I'm glad we were able to get our schedules worked out. And yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad that I was able to do this with you guys. It was so much fun. And thank you for dealing with my... uh, brain fog and my <laughs> no, you're you're fine weirdness you're fine. I, uh, I know i know how i know how that is okay I, uh... good <laughs> yeah, it was a great great meeting you Lindsay. thank you it was so so much fun to talk to you guys thank all right Lindsay. have a great night have a good night night bye yeah no she was she was really cool yeah it was cool I like the, that she does it all and all like I, I think that's one of the coolest things like she doesn't sell that enough about herself where like that's really impressive and like like it's not easy doing all the work. I mean, I'll trust me. I'll, I'll like you know me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but from like from comics and all, like just doing the writing, doing the storyboarding, getting all the creative stuff out, and then creating it on paper, and then like doing the dialogue, doing the lettering, like putting it all together on her platforms, advertising it, selling it, like all that. Like that's that's like three to five people for like a small operation and she's killing it and all so that's really really cool yeah. see her doing it. I, i'm glad she's having a good reception uh, from it yeah. online too i, I like I, I like that she's really interested in exploring like a different medium and she's have a lot of experience with too you know it's it's interesting that that's giving her like the most uh most fulfillment it sounds and like. someone that has like an artistic background like in like in traditional art really focusing on the writing and really enjoying the writing aspect of it. Like that's, that's really interesting as well because it's, it's different enough than like traditional art. I mean, it's creative no matter what, but like it's, it's different enough and like she really enjoys it and she actually enjoys it more so than doing the actual traditional art now, yeah. which is, is a very, very unique 180. I really want to buy this print of the, uh, the Taco Bell. Yeah, thing. I do, I, I do too. She, yeah. She yeah. should make a, hey, Lindsay, you should make a, you should make a, a T a t-shirt of that. That'd be dope as fuck. As like a tie dye, make make one of those one of those big big tie dye hoodies. Like it just like like flies into the back. That'd be awesome. No, it's cool. Like even like um, she was doing all the the hand drawn art for like for so long. But that's even more impressive that she was doing all that while yeah. like writing and and doing everything else. Like that is not easy work, especially in this yeah. day and age where everyone just does digital. That'd be cool to buy some some more traditional art. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to support the WWSD podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WWSD underscore podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, um, I don't know if uh, you've noticed, but I had a cold and I'm just coming off of it. Okay. So. Just edit out all the nasally sounds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sniffling. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. You you can hack away. Like I've one guess and all oh, this okay. like, hacking and like after the editing magic, you don't even know. So I don't I don't even remember that. That's our mm-hmm. boy AJ. <laughs> he had oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lung. yeah, yeah he had COVID that, yeah. and stoner lung. <laughs> <laughs>